Welcome back to the Ice Coffee Hour. My name is Reed, and we're here to talk about literally anything, guys. I'll talk about Mr. Beast. I'll talk about talent management. You guys lead the conversation. Cool. Well, thank you so much for, uh, first of all, coming out to Las Vegas. Dude, happy to be here. We did so, a poker tournament the we other did. night. We did. That was a lot of fun. And yeah. Jimmy got out two hands in, which I'm sure we'll get into, but a lot of fun. It was a blast, but I'm excited you could come on here. We could talk about how you got started because you're the CEO of Night Media. You manage a whole bunch of people, including Mr. Beast. So, yeah, uh, I mean, I was just a little like I'll give you guys yeah. kind of the context of, you know, I was an NFL sports agent, so worked with a, a lot of different NFL players like right out of college, ended up meeting a YouTube group named Dude Perfect, who I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with at this point, uh, and then started my business in 2015, uh, really representing video game YouTubers and Twitch streamers. And mm -hmm. that was kind of the start with Typical Gamer, who is still the biggest live streamer today. Uh, and then I met Jimmy through a Twitter DM in 2018. Uh, a friend of ours just started a Twitter group, and he was like, you guys need to meet. Jimmy had like 1.3 million subscribers at the time, which is crazy to say now. Um, and we just kind of hit it off from the beginning. And it's now been, you know, almost three years that we've worked, that we've been like working together. Now, when Mr. Beast was at 1.3 million, what were the amount of views he was getting back then? Like, was he was he a big 1.3 million? Was he getting like, you know, 20,000 views a day? What what was his status like back then? He was actually, so this was like right when he did his, um, like giving pizzas away and giving $5,000 to a homeless person. Yeah. And he had just got done watching uh, It's Every Day Bro for 24 hours straight. Yeah. <laughs> so he was actually pulling like uh, one to two million views a video. Wow. Um, so he was, he was significantly pulling more views per video than subscribers at that time. But he still hadn't hit that like crazy growth. Yeah. So when you stepped in, how did the relationship form as you managing him? Yeah, so it was a small team uh, when I first started. It was him and Chris, and then he had an editor, and then his mother kind of helped with all the management, financials, everything like that. And so it was just like me building a rapport with her and Jimmy over the course of like four months. Uh, and then I just started taking over basically all the brand stuff that he was trying to do, uh, and then now pushing into like different companies and things that we wanted to do together. But it was a slow burn. Um, I'm more about like liking the people I work with, having a relationship with them. And so it wasn't something where I was like, hey, man, I want to manage you. I know I just met you last week. Uh, we actually took a lot of time to get to know each other, spoke a lot on the phone. I could tell like the moment I met him, he had a different understanding of YouTube mm -hmm. that I had not heard before. And so it was a really interesting like few months just like getting to know this kid who at the time only had a million subscribers, but he kept telling me, he's like, I will have 10 million subscribers by the end of the year. And this was February of 2018. Uh, and we ended up, I think he ended up with 13.6 million by the end of that year. Wow. And what exactly does like managing me like mean to a yeah. creator and what kind of creator would need a manager? Yeah. I, I like to say it's more like babysitting than anything. Um, especially with some of the bigger creators now, because they have just so much, so many things around their, like, I'd say like ecosystem, right? They have all these people asking for things. They have all these brands wanting to spend money. They probably have like a charitable initiative. Uh, and, and my philosophy has always been, you know, if you can grow enough, enough like distribution, if you can grow a big enough brand, then we can build businesses around that. Right. And so with Jimmy, like we do things like Mr. Beast Burger, uh, we did things like finger on the app and we're going to continue to launch companies. And so I think my role as a manager has changed from, Hey, I'm going to help you with like brand deals to now I'm really just your business partner, helping you execute on all these other things outside of just content. Yeah. how do you get into the management of creators on YouTube? 
uh, a cold email to Dude Perfect in 2014. Uh, that's how I got into it. So I didn't have any help or handholding. I had to learn this all by myself. There wasn't a book that I could read of like how to get into this. And at the time, in 2014, people weren't really managing YouTubers. Mm -hmm. It was more like MCNs at that time. And they were just rolling up creators. And so I tell people this all the time. If you want to get into to talent management, just start small. Go find a creator whose content that you really like that has 100,000 subscribers that you're willing to bet on. And just it. hopefully you get along with them and hopefully you guys hit it off. And you should just start working for that person and being their manager. That's how that's how I would tell someone to get in the business. But you were in sports before. So yeah. why did you leave sports to go for YouTube? My cousins, they were watching. So I was working with amazing, like I was working with like Barry Sanders and Marcus Allen, like amazing Hall of Famers, Heisman Trophy winners. And when I met Dude Perfect, at the time I was loving working as an NFL sports agent. Um, but I just thought that, you know, I, I was I was a little concerned that they weren't taking advantage of Twitter and YouTube and these different social mediums that were popping up. And so when I met Dude Perfect, it was just like a breath of fresh air of someone that was actually like living on the internet, creating content every day, being in like the attention. And so when I spoke to my little cousins about it, the first question was like, hey guys, do you know who Dude Perfect was? And they flipped out. And Dude Perfect at this time only had like 2 million subscribers. They were mm -hmm. small. Um, and I just kind of knew like, okay, if my nine-year-old cousins are freaking out about this creator, they have no idea of like any of the football players that I worked with at the time, didn't know any of them, didn't care. And it's just kind of hit me. They're like, okay, this is where I think the attention's going. This isn't going to stop. YouTube's going to continue. More channels are going to continue to pop up. And it was just something I dove into, left my job as a sports agent, which I tried very hard to get into. And that's when I lived in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. um, and I think everyone in my life kind of thought I was crazy because YouTube in 2014 wasn't really a job. Like right. there, people didn't think it was a business yet. And so it's like, uh, just kind of had to prove myself over those like two years. How do you, how do you prove yourself with Dude Perfect though? Uh, it was just providing value. Yeah. It was uh, so the, the interesting conversation I had with them really early on was I thought they were doing a really good job with basketball, football, like traditional sports, but they were missing golf, soccer, some of these other things that I thought they should be doing trick shots in. And so I went to Callaway Golf and I spoke to the CMO and I convinced them to spend a lot of money on like multiple dude perfect videos. And then they started making golf trick shot videos. And the first one was with Jamie Sadlowski, who won the long drive um, championship. And that was kind of their inroads to golf. And that's really how I built trust with them, was just providing value before anything yeah. else. So when you do something like that, do they sponsor the videos or how does that work? So like the yep. ball that the, the ball that they play within is like product placement. In Everything. Sense. Ball, clubs, bag. Um, we played it like a Callaway Performance Center. Like they they literally outfitted the whole video, but there was no they never stopped the video to do like an ad read, which you see YouTubers do now. It's right. like you stop for six seconds, you're like, this is brought to you by Callaway Golf. That's not how Dude Perfect did it. And so it was just organic branding throughout the whole video. And at the end of the video, they were like, hey guys, thanks for watching. If you wanna buy these new like Callaway XR irons, go to the link. We're gonna have exclusive videos on callawaygolf.com. And that was kind of the call to action. And that's how Dude Perfect sold that's videos. That's such a good pitch. Yeah. That's super smart. Gosh, because if I'm into golf and I saw that, watch the entire video at the very end, I'd wanna do that. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Can, now, can we ask like what they pay for something like that? Oh, six I mean, figures, yeah, at the time. Yeah. And, and Dude Perfect was averaging, you know, five, six million, maybe a little more views wow. per video. And so it was a, it was a six figure yeah. per video deal um, for, for, again, like yeah. you're, you're like, hey, I stop my videos and do a 45 second mm -hmm. ad read. And it, it sometimes hurts your average view duration. Yeah. For them, it was like, we're not going to kill our AVD. Like, we're just going to show them throughout the whole video. And it works better. Wow. So from there... Uh, what, what do you take? 
from mm-hmm. something like that, like a, a percentage, right? I, I take it, is it a percentage? Yeah, so okay. how, how talent managers usually yeah. work is they take a percentage of income. It's similar to an agent, right? Where revenue brought in or found money is then commissioned, right? And so that's how I made all my money with Dude Perfect, which is commissionable income. Wow, that's super yeah. interesting. I see a lot of parallels actually between what you did at the time and what I did yeah. when I first started working with Graham. Like I just shot him a cold email mm-hmm. and basically provided as much value as I could, basically free because I would effectively take a commissioned amount, you know, based off the money that I brought in for Graham. Yeah. We developed a relationship from there and then I just tried to provide value and grow that's the brand in any way that I could. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. And it's different. Like it's, it's for the, it, to sign like an NFL football <clears throat> player, you have to like t- travel to the college and watch the games mm-hmm. and talk to the parents. It's like a recruiting process. Yeah, yeah. That's why I think that there's a lot of YouTube creators out there that need help. They, they really do. They need help. And so back to like, if you want to be a talent manager, just provide value to a creator that you enjoy and you'll eventually have yourself probably in a unique position to help that person like you did. Um, in their the rest of their career. That's nuts. Yeah. Who is after Dude Perfect? Uh, typical gamer. He was on Twitch, which was Justin TV, and he was making the transition to YouTube gaming, which was completely new at the time. And I met him at an event with an NFL football player that we represented, and uh, we just kind of hit it off and continued to talk for like a year and a half. That was different though. So Andre, his name's Andre. He mm-hmm. didn't answer my phone calls or texts for like weeks on end, but mm-hmm. I just stayed persistent. Uh, I just like every other week I would text him and be like, Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And that took like two years to grow that relationship. Uh, And now we're extremely close to this day, but I just wouldn't lay off. I was like, I truly believe that this guy's going to be in a unique position in five years. And I really got along with him. His only issue is just didn't answer my phone calls. Yeah. So when you called him though, what was the pitch or what, what did you want to bring to him that he was ignoring? There was really no pitch like I, I don't pitch creators I, I think that's like something an agent does they like bring you in a room they give you the whole like dog and pony show of like here's what we're gonna do for you to me it's more about like hey I, I really enjoy your content let's get to know each other if we get along let's see if we can do business together there's like no pitch right like hopefully my track record speaks for itself mm-hmm. with all the creators I've worked with now um, and it's to me like we don't represent a lot of creators I think we represent 22 creators right now yeah it's just, it's more about like having a deep relationship with those creators. And then we also, we try and represent the number one or number two channel in each content vertical. Uh, and so that's, that's kind of our interesting, you know, thing with night media is like, we're, we're not going wide. We're not just like signing a thousand creators. That's not our business model. Um, but with Andre, it was just a slow burn. Um, I just liked him as a person and I was mm-hmm. like, I want to be close to this person if I'm going to have a business in this industry. Yeah. What was the first thing you did for Mr. Beast? Hmm. Uh, the, other than all those phone, like late night phone calls at 1am about him talking to me about like the YouTube algorithm. The first thing I did for him was, uh, the honey ad. We, uh, I got introduced to this guy who used to be at me and he had just left to go to this company MeUndies. called honey. MeUndies, I, re- I remember this is years ago. They partnered with Casper and Casper was a, was an, one of my first clients in real estate, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was 2009. This guy, Samir, uh, was working in a different startup, represented him on a deal, and then he was one of the first people at Casper. Then they IPO'd. I, I haven't talked to him in years, but uh, yeah, and then they did a partnership with MeUndies. There we go. Great Have you ever worked with MeUndies? Um, indirectly, yes, okay. but not right. directly with them. All right, yeah. we need to get you back in the yeah. MeUndies. 
First, we have to thank our sponsor of this podcast, Etitude. It goes without question that sleep is crucial to how productive you are the next day. And that is exactly why I love to have a good mattress, soft pillows, Graham tucking me in at night. Wait, what? And also high quality bed sheets. On a serious note, guys, I actually consider good sleep material as an investment because if I have a good night of sleep, I know that next day I will be so much more productive and successful. And that's exactly why we love having Etitude bed sheets in our bed. Seriously, guys, they are the comfiest and softest bed sheets I ever had and they are made of 100% bamboo, which unlike cotton that uses a bunch of water, Bamboo is actually the most resource efficient plant on this planet. And because it's made in the most sustainable way, you know that you're getting bed sheets that are free of harmful chemicals and also the best for you and the planet. And honestly, guys, Graham keeps the thermostat way too high to save money, but these sheets are so breathable that they actually can help me sleep all the way throughout the night without having to wake up due to uncomfortable heat. So if you want to change the way that you sleep, try Attitude for 30 nights. And if you don't like it, return it for a full refund. And you can also get 20% off your order today, plus free shipping when you go to attitude.com slash iced coffee. And don't forget to enter promo code iced coffee during checkout. Remember that is attitude as an eco attitude. Order today for 20% off plus free shipping at attitude.com slash iced coffee. Thank you so much attitude for sponsoring this episode and back to the back podcast. to the pod. But anyway, so Brian left to go uh, to honey, met him through Twitter DMS again, yeah. like Twitter's like the plug to meet people. Uh, still is today and uh, just had a conversation with him about Jimmy. He thought the channel was interesting and we inked our first honey deal. Honestly, don't remember what the video was, but mm -hmm. I remember the second video we did with honey was donating $40,000 to Ninja. Ninja was doing a charity stream yeah. and this was like 20, 2018 Ninja when he was like bigger than life, right? Yeah. Fortnite was huge and we did a $40,000 donation to him on Twitch and it was like over the course of an hour, we were like donating $1,000 and $5,000. And he was playing Fortnite, and the charity stream was if you donated like $500, he had to drop his guns. If you donated like $1,000, he had to drop all his mats. Mm -hmm. And so it was more of a game. It was like a donation yeah. game. And Jimmy ended up donating $40,000, <clears> all of which was what Honey basically paid us to do that ad. And he just gave it all away. Uh, that was like the first one that I remember. Who came up with that idea? That, that's that got to be Jimmy, right? Jimmy, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And it, it started with the homeless person. Like He, he did a video with a quid. Do you remember that? Like... um. They had like stickers, like mobile stickers. Oh, uh, yeah. This was yep. like uh, like yep. three years ago. And anyway, he did a deal with Quid, and uh, I can't remember what they paid him, but he gave it all away uh, to a homeless person. And that mm. video did well, and that kind of started that trend of just like giving away the brand money. Got it. What about the logistics behind the scene? How do you play into that? Because I know with a lot of his videos, it's so intricate. Mm -hmm. so many moving parts. Do you have a hand in that? Uh, I'm glad I don't. Yeah. Uh, the only time I have a hand in it is if they need something difficult done. Um, like for, well, I don't know if I can say this, but we booked a massive venue last week and they were like, hey, we need this venue for a specific video. And I was like, all right, I got it. So if I need to do something big or get a, a space or a celebrity or something in his videos, I'll step in. But he has a large production team now that handles logistics, pre-production, post-production, uh, it's a little bit different machine than it was when I first met him. Yeah. What was the weirdest request he's asked uh, of you? In my life or just like from Jimmy? Let's do both. Um, let's, I think, let's start with Jimmy and then in your life. Oh, man. I think the weirdest request, I mean, there's probably a few I can't talk about just because we um, will have like future videos and stuff coming out. <laughs> okay. But I think some of the weirdest requests have just been some of the celebrities we've tried to get in videos. Yeah. And then what's funny about it is well, I'll usually talk to their agent or their publicist and their kids are huge fans. Mm -hmm. uh, that's like our in. And so this one, uh, I won't say his name, but big name actor 
uh, contacted us and he was like, Hey, my kids really want to FaceTime with Jimmy. We were like, all right, great. Like, here's his yeah. number, do it. And we're going to need a favor from this person because we want him in a video down the road. Yeah. Uh, but I've had some interesting celebrity requests from Jimmy that I would have never thought that he wanted to have in videos. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And, and we yeah. have, I mean, we film in a lot of locations. I think yeah. like the conversation that I had to have with him about, remember when he gave away an island? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's called Jeff. Uh, anyway, like try taking that phone call. Hey, uh, we're going to film a video in two months. I need, we need to buy an island. Like I was like, how do you buy an island? Like who sells islands? Right. And so that was an interesting phone call of like, we need to find an island so I can give it away. And you basically just needed to do the entire part of finding the island, finding someone who's willing to sell their island yeah. and organize that. Yeah. I mean, thing. thankfully his cousin knew someone that knew someone that owned an island, um, which ended up becoming Jeff and then given away in that video. But I had absolutely no idea. And so it was just like a few days of brainstorming about like, how on earth are we going to do this? And actually how expensive is an island? Like, is this millions of dollars? Like we had no idea. Okay. Here's something before we go into the weirdest request of your life. But how do taxes work? Because I'm so curious mm. if someone gets, let's say, $10,000 worth of a mystery box, are they claiming that or is, is Jimmy yeah. uh, paying the tax? That's a good question. So early on, uh, we would pay most of the taxes. So if we would give away a car or something, we would always pay the taxes. Now it really depends on what we're giving away. But we're pretty good about having them fill out, fill out forms, um, yeah. especially on PayPal. So if we're giving away X amount of money on PayPal, we'll have them fill out a 1099 um, so they handle taxes on their end. But it's something that we actually used to take care of. And then we just like had a conversation about it. Like, hey, we probably shouldn't be t paying taxes on everything we're giving away. Right. Because if you're giving uh, away a million dollars for the stuff yeah. in that tax bracket, I mean, geez, you could be Crazy. paying 30% of that just in tax on top of what you're giving away. Yeah. Well, did. OK, so the million dollar video. Do you guys yeah. remember when um, they did the last to uh, take hand off right. like this giant thing of money and had a million dollars? Yeah. In it. Uh, and in the video, Jimmy actually mm -hmm. did like two minutes of meeting an accountant talking about paying your taxes, talking about being like financially responsible, then meeting a financial advisor to set aside a certain amount of money for him. And so we actually talked about that in that video um, because yeah, you give away a million dollars, 40-ish percent of that is gonna just go right to Uncle Sam. Right, I did a reaction. This is actually, I think, how I got introduced to Jimmy. Mm -hmm. This was two years ago. He did a video uh, spending a million dollars in 24 hours. That was the video right after the Yeah. Video. And so many people reach out to me, dude, you got to comment on this. He's blowing out of his money. He's going to go bankrupt. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to actually watch this video and put a thoughtful response together. And I made this video, put a thoughtful response together. And uh, I think Jimmy sent me an Instagram DM. Or you know what? You know what it was? I was blown away. I was just checking Instagram and randomly I'd said, Mr. Beast is following him. Like, just as a notification, I was like, wait, what is this? I thought it was fake. So I clicked on it, and I was like, it's actually him. Like, why? And I think at the time, he was only following, like, 190 people. Mm -hmm. And so I sent him a message, and I guess he watched the video. He liked it. Yeah. Um, him and I talked about it. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I was blown away. And that video did really well. But uh, I was so careful because I didn't want, because I knew, like, he had done this incredible gesture. It's like, give away a million. I've never given away a million dollars, so who am I to sit behind a computer and, like, criticize this so i was so careful and like coming off the right way and like making sure it was respectful but like provided some humor into the situation but uh what what was your thought on that uh i remember watching the video and then jimmy and i kind of had a discussion around it the thing was we were a little worried when everyone started talking about the paying taxes mm -hmm. and having an accountant because then that started the conversation on the internet of like 
how much is Jimmy paying taxes? Is Jimmy paying taxes? And then I get a call from his accountant and he's like, there's people calling me. There's people sending me emails, like asking about Jimmy. I had no idea how people got his email address. Um, and so mm. it kind of just like spiraled and people started talking about it. Remember there's like articles that came out and like business insider about Jimmy paying taxes and things like that. So that was our, I think I remember that was our initial reaction is we're like, is this going to draw light to this? And then are people going to just like start asking questions mm. about like Jimmy's giving away all this stuff. Is he paying taxes? And so that's actually like, what was the biggest worry of that? But it was a, it was mm. a really well done video. Thanks, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, that was the conversation him and I had. I'm curious what was the, the worry about with taxes? What's the concern on that? I mean, not really anything because we pay our taxes. Right. Um, but we just didn't want people digging into it and like talking about it. Like we wanted people talking about the spectacle of the videos. We didn't want right. people talking about like, does Jimmy pay taxes on a million dollars? Right. Or how, how does Jimmy give away all this money? Like we just wanted people being like, wow, I can't believe he's like giving money to homeless people and doing all this good. And these videos are crazy. And so it's right. just, we just didn't want people having that conversation. That's interesting because uh, usually the, I, I feel like um, at a certain point, people are going to look for anything. And I'm yeah. sure, especially with him, every single piece of information he puts out there, there's someone looking for like, what angle could I spin this? Mm -hmm. I totally agree. Uh, uh, we just had that. I showed you guys that picture of John Cena. Yeah. Uh, so Jimmy had his stock X. So you got these Yeezys from stock X. And you remember there's like a little emblem on them when you mm -hmm. get them. It's like green. And he left the uh, that little thing on the shoes and the sneaker Reddit is on fire this morning about Jimmy leaving. So it's like every little yeah. thing What's people the issue? look at. What's I, the I issue? think they just think it's funny that he didn't take the tag yeah. off it. Oh. And so they're just like memeing him for it on Reddit. So it's just like every little thing is under a microscope. Got it. So you have to be super, super careful whenever he's in like, you know, the public eye or anything. Yeah. You said he went on a podcast yesterday yeah. and that you had to kind of like hyper monitor him while he was speaking on the podcast because you know, he's under like a microscope where yeah, I, I can't do much cause they're, they're filming it. Like I can, I can stand up and be like, we can't talk about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he said something about a company that, you know, we didn't want out yet. And I mean, it's, it's out there now, um, when that podcast comes out. So I try, um, we've had situations in the past where we've had to cut little snippets out of like a podcast that he's filmed mm -hmm. because we're like, Hey, we're announcing that in two weeks and this podcast is going to come out before Got that. It. Um, but for the most part, he's really good. He's gotten a lot better. Um, it's just like interviewing, talking to people, not spilling information for things that we've been working on. <laughs> I feel like on he just gets excited years. about stuff. He's yeah, like, yeah. I just want to talk about it. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I just want this out here. I know we're announcing <laughs> it, but I'm just, you know, I'm just going to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. And then I stand up and I'm like, no, <laughs> change the subject. Is there anything you've had to say no to? Um, yeah, tons. Uh, yeah. So a uh, good example. So it was about three years or two and a half years ago when I started working with Jimmy. What was becoming really popular were these like mystery loot crate like internet mm -hmm. sites where you it's basically like CSGO skins. But you'd go on and be like, here's the Supreme box and you'd pay $50 for oh, it. And remember it was yeah, like. Yeah, didn't Rice Ricegum did uh, yeah, quite a few Paul. people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they got a lot of hate for that. Right. Jimmy was, um, he wanted to work with that company when he heard about it because it was a lot of money and we wanted to give that money away in a video. And I, I had to talk him back on it. I was like, listen, we're not promoting gambling. I think people are going to see this negatively. So it was yeah. a long conversation that him and I had to have, which eventually we passed on the deal. And then Jake, Paul, and Ricegum ended up doing that deal and got a lot of hate for it. Yeah. Um, so we've, we've sidestepped a few situations by just having longer conversations. Him and I have a really good relationship. So when stuff like that comes up, like 
him and I just get on the phone. I hear him out. He hears me out. And we just kind of discuss like what we think we should do. And we ended up passing and it was a great pass. That was a smart move to pass. Have there been other things like that where you've looked back and you're like, I'm so thankful I didn't do that. All the time. Really? All the time. Um, Not just like on brands, but just on like PR and appearances and yeah, all the time. How does he remain out of the spotlight for like negative controversy? Because I've noticed Mm. very little with him or pretty much nothing or anything that does come up. I'm like, I'm usually siding with him. Like, that's kind of silly to, you know, taken out of context. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he just like he's in North Carolina, like he films YouTube videos. He's not in the L.A. drama scene. Uh, He doesn't engage with drama on the Internet. And also like he. He doesn't drink like we we don't do any of that. Yeah. Like, we don't really go to parties. We're not part of that crew. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's how he stayed out. And he didn't do anything in the past that was yeah. wrong, which, you know, usually people are penalized for being a 14 year old that said something stupid because when Jimmy became famous or started to become famous, he was 20 years old. Yeah. Um, and so like, yeah, I mean, people say stuff that when they're 14 or 15 that they regret, but they also don't know they're going to be this internet icon yeah, when they're true. 20 years old. Um, but yeah, he just doesn't have a troubled past. He doesn't really have skeletons in the closet at all. So it's not really sidestepping. We just don't have it. We don't have, don't have anything to hide. I'm interested in yeah. exactly like what you do with Jimmy. So you basically just see him as a company and then yeah. act as like, like branches to just, to just reach out to any other business opportunity possible. Yeah. So, I mean, it's again, changed a lot. Uh, it used to be like I was facilitating his brand deals, which, you know, there was a lot. And now there's five channels. So brands across all five channels. Mm-hmm. We have a charity charity channel that now is working with brands. Thankfully, like I have other people within Night Media that handle that. So I'm not as involved because we have a massive burger company that I have to be really involved in on a, a day-to-day or weekly basis on the marketing end. And what are we doing for like LTO items? We have another company in the software space. You guys saw like the like finger on the app, yeah. we the second version of that. Uh, and then we're working on another company that will be announced probably in the next like 90 to 100 ish days that him and I actually have been working on for two years. Wow. Uh, it was an idea that we had like in a parking lot uh, and came up with a name and everything like two years ago. And so we've been working on this company that will eventually come out. So a lot of my time goes into like his other businesses, talking to his like publicist. I just I'm here with him. Right. So we played in that. He played in that celebrity poker tournament yeah. with you. Uh, so it's just it's. It's transitioned a lot from, hey, do this brand deal to, hey, I need help on everything business, right? Everything on the business end. But how do you get compensated, if I can ask, like on those different things, such as like finding the island or- You don't. I mean, that's just nature of being a manager, right? Mm-hmm. You, you don't really make money on a lot of things you do, but you do it to provide value to that creator, right? I would never say no. If, if right, one of our right, clients right. called up and they were like, hey, I really need help on this. Can you guys help me? I know you're not going to make money on it. We would never be like, nah, sorry. Um, and we also don't, we, we don't work with that many people for that reason. Like we like to be in the weeds in their businesses. We like to understand their pain points and we like to identify people for them to hire that we think will help them grow. And so it's just, you do those things as a manager without any just monetary upside, but that's just part of the business, right? That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of all of these businesses, where do you see the future going for a lot of this? Uh, cause it seems like you could set up some of these apps as something to sell off. Yeah, because finger on the app. How do you have any idea how much that's that's worth? Finger on the app. Yeah, like if we were to put a valuation on that, because I well, would imagine, gosh, how many millions of people signed up for the app? Yeah, I mean, we had over two million downloads, one point five million concurrent players on yeah. the second one. I mean, a huge, huge um, 
um, game. But so, but I think the only issue with finger on the app is it's not repeatable right now. We just did it as like a, a spectacle on a weekend for people sure. to play. I think if we could figure out how to turn that into like a repeatable gaming like business, then maybe it would be worth a lot of money. Um, we're just like pretty focused on a few other projects right now. So Mr. Beast Burgers, I think a good example of something that him and I have put a lot of work into. I think there's a massive valuation on that company, uh, as well as this other company that we're going to launch that we raise capital for. Uh, and so, yeah, eventually, like we either sell those companies, we go public. I think there'll be a liquidity like three, four years down the road. Yeah. I'm not sure what that's going to be yet, but that's the goal, right? That's why I work with Jimmy and some of these creators, because I think they have a really unique opportunity to build these businesses. It's all about attention, right? The world is about attention right now. And I think Jimmy is one of those people that just always has the attention on him because mm -hmm. of his videos. And now if we can figure out how to like solve different pain points or, you know, build like a, a restaurant business that people actually want to consume because they believe in the person running it. Those are the things that, that I think are like the long-term wins. Got it. Who came up with Mr. Beast Burger and why? Why Mr. Beast Burger? Yeah. So uh, we got pitched by this uh, this company who's the, our partner in Mr. Beast Burger. And it was just a single restaurant in LA that they were opening. And we ended up passing on it, but they like lightly touched on, hey, we're also working on this virtual dining business where like you launched and it was like at the time they were just like you launch, you know, 100 virtual locations. It's like, wait, wait, hold on. Tell, tell me more about that because that sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. And so we started having this conversation with them about what that would look like. How big could this get? And with everything, Jimmy, it's all about like, is it a spectacle? Like, is it big enough for people to be like, holy cow, that's amazing like of course mr beast did that and so our first question was like if we're going to do this mr beast burger thing can we launch it day one where it's a big enough spectacle where the internet's going to be like i can't believe he pulled this off mm -hmm. and so after a lot of conversations uh, between myself and that company and our president and a few other people in night media we decided that hey we think we should take this to jimmy they're confident they can launch with 300 plus locations day one and we could have a pretty sizable restaurant business uh, in the next 90 days, which was crazy to think about. And so when we pitched it to Jimmy, it was like, it was a no brainer. Um, it was like big enough spectacle. Also, he had a video idea. So it was opening the world's first free restaurant, mm -hmm. which is like the next big thing. It's like, yeah. yeah, great idea. How do I make a good YouTube video out of that? Cause that's all he's concerned about. And so once we had those two pieces figured out, it was just sprinting to get as many locations as possible. Wow. Yeah, I was actually blown away because initially I thought it was just a bit uh, like a, not gimmicky, but that it was like a short term thing. Mm -hmm. Like it would just be up. You kind of talk about it. You get you get it once and never again. How many people now reorder? Yeah, about 40 percent. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's um. I mean, the business is doing great. We have over 800 locations. I think we're closing in on a thousand. Actually, we opened the UK. We have a, we're, we have you know, a lot of uh, like locations in Canada and we're working on different countries right now. And so it was never supposed to be like just a gimmick. Yeah. Um, I think for us, we were like, we know this can be a big business. It's all about, you know, in the virtual space, like getting to scale as quick as possible. Because I think a lot of creators in the next year are going to launch like, I don't know, five in LA. Right. And it's, it's fine. That's a that's cool. Um, but think about launching a thousand Mr. Beast Burger locations. And then you can launch LTO items. We did the, the Dream Burger. And so now we can do all these different collabs. We can do new menu items. We can also fulfill other items through those locations. So instead of just selling hamburgers, we could do merchandise. And people can get merchandise in 30 minutes or 40 minutes. And so there's just so many possibilities. Cool. I like we that. we talked about mm -hmm. this. Yeah, it's like you almost have your like, almost uh, like distribution centers across the world where you can, instead of 
someone getting a t-shirt three to four days, you know, from Shopify, we can be like, Hey, we're actually going to fulfill this through Mr. Beast burger. And with your hamburger, you can also get a, a hat or a t-shirt. That's cool. Are these like businesses that. that you're building up all like something that you're planning on selling off at some point in the future? Or do you plan I, on just continuing to, that hasn't been the running? goal. Like we never started any of these businesses to be like, Hey, we're going to build this and sell it. I think for us, like, especially with Jimmy, we're just like, well, let's build sustainable businesses that people care about that we think can last beyond Jimmy's just YouTube career. And so I think eventually, like we might be in a position to be like, hey, should we sell this? Should we take this public? But it wasn't something that we had thought about, like when we started the business, which yeah. I think too yeah. many people do, to be honest. Yeah. I think a lot of and this is like we have a venture firm and we invest in a lot of software companies. And I think. One thing that I don't like is when founders talk about just like selling the business. Hey, I'm starting this to sell the business or some of the like that. I never started night media to sell night media. I started because I loved YouTube. I love the space. I love content mm -hmm. creators. And I think a lot of successful businesses that have been built are started by founders who are just hyper obsessed about building that product. And now it's a lot of like, hey, we see that we see a need. We're going to build this. We're going to sprint for two years and then hopefully sell it. And that happens a lot, but for us, that wasn't, that's not the goal. Yeah. Where do you see the future going for YouTube? The future, I would bet on YouTube over, probably get a lot of criticism for this. I'll bet on YouTube over any social platform that currently exists over the next five years, without question. Instagram, Twitter. Not even close. TikTok. They are not even in the same atmosphere. I don't even think TikTok's in the same atmosphere as YouTube right now. Monetarily and there's no other social platform on the internet where you can build a business right now as a content creator, like an actual business. Mm -hmm. I think you can have an Instagram with 5 million followers and you can do a couple sponsored posts a month, but you can't really build a massive business around that. Just think of how many YouTubers now have 10 million subscribers that have massive production companies that have multiple channels that just doesn't exist on any other platform to this day. And I, I just still think YouTube is just strategically in a different spot than anyone else. I see YouTube, though, integrating a lot of TikTok's features in terms of uh, both YouTube shorts and they're really pushing that homepage where I scroll down like three videos and there's like a few things where once you click on it, it basically takes me to what I feel like is just TikTok, except on YouTube. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on, on YouTube shifting in that direction? I mean, I think like it'd be hard for them not to build that product. What's been really interesting is someone launches a, a product or feature and then every other social company copies them. Yeah. We saw that with stories, right? And then it was like reels and I can't remember what the one on Twitter was. Um, so everyone copies them. I think the same thing's happening right now is TikTok has grown significantly quick because yeah. of just short snippet videos. YouTube has no choice but to implement that. It'll be the, to me, it'll be interesting to see if YouTube is just shorts in five years and long form is just, it's, yeah. it's hard so, to get well, to. Let me tell you, let me tell you, Jack, I had this conversation last night. Okay. Here's my thinking. YouTube is pushing the TikTok format a lot. YouTube's smart. They're not dumb. My thinking is this. Okay. Uh, YouTube, you go on YouTube, you're watching at least like five to 10 minutes of content. Let's just say I've seen the effect of TikTok on people, including myself. I hate TikTok. Same. But I go on there and all of a sudden I'm on there for six to 11 minutes, just endlessly scrolling my brain. Something happens and it just short circuits and I'm just sitting there just like with drool coming out of my mouth. It's like that, 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 that. And uh, and it's a great I've seen what what uh, 
not what it does to Macy, but I've seen how much Macy enjoys that. Mm-hmm. I would say I, and maybe I'm way off here. I dare say she'll now she now spends more time on TikTok than YouTube. Just mm-hmm. all the you know what you know what you know what it is. It's uh, it's it's filler. That's all it is. Is you with with YouTube? I'm sitting down, like I'm eating something. I'm like taking time out of my day. I'm gonna put on a YouTube video, watch it. That's got my full attention. TikTok is something I've seen from Macy. Is uh, she could literally just be like walking to the kitchen, TikTok, 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 getting ready, she's getting ready, TikTok, TikTok, and and sure, there's YouTube that mixes mm-hmm. into that, but I'm wondering if YouTube sees that people are, are are spending more time on the app watching 30 second clips than they are a really intense 15 minute video. Yeah, that's I, my question, be, and I bet that's the direction. Is the session time higher for shorts as you know it is for long form videos? That's that's an interesting thing that I would like to see from YouTube. Is yeah. like is, is, is session time on an individual basis actually increasing? Because now, like you said, you go to the the app and instead of trending button, it's now shorts. Yeah. But eventually, are we gonna hit the YouTube app and it's just gonna pull up shorts yeah. automatically? Yeah. You're not even gonna get need to press another uh, thing to get into it. Yeah, that is interesting. And you know what? One other thing I want to mention. I, I don't know if it was with you or somebody else, or maybe it was with you, Reed, or we talked about ridiculousness on MTV. Was that? I don't know who. I don't anyway, know if that was me. Okay. So anyway, we were talking about the success of ridiculousness and why MTV paid so much money. Rob wanted to retire from that show, and he had no intention of of renewing that contract. But MTV offered him so much money uh, to continue for five more years that he's like, I would be stupid to turn this down. It's worth it for me to take this money. But the reason why ridiculousness did so well is because they needed good filler content in the background where you could keep it on. You don't have to pay attention to it. You could walk out of the room for 10 minutes and come right back and you missed nothing. You could keep it on. There's music in the background. You could be in a party, but have that on in the background and you could pick up and leave anytime. And it's just like every 30 seconds is something new. That's the direction I think we're going is Mm -hmm. that, Filler content where it's just new, 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 new. Um, even with YouTube, I, I, I feel like it's honestly moving in that direction where if it's not like something new, something new, something new, change, 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 our attention spans are, are blown. You got to think about it. Like, like to sit down and watch 10 minutes anymore, like even going and watching a full length 30 minute TV show, mm-hmm. like that doesn't happen anymore without yeah. pulling out your phone and like the boring spots, you're just like scrolling something else. Right. It's, it's mind blowing. That's that's the direction I think we're going. It is interesting, but what is more valuable? Like if you have a lot more people watching TikTok or whatever and more time spent on that than on YouTube, like could YouTube still be more valuable because of the relationship that the consumers build with the creators? Because you can build, like you said, businesses and stuff off of YouTube, but on something like TikTok, it's it's not very valuable to, to be scrolling and not to be developing relationships with the creators. And it's just like something yeah. that your mind- You're is saying it's like a, like a TikTok creator versus a YouTube creator? Well, I'm sh- obviously a YouTube creator is more valuable, but for a mm-hmm. business model, right? Like even if you do have more people spending time on TikTok versus YouTube, theoretically, wouldn't YouTube still be more valuable because it's more, you can make more money off of it. You can do more, like you said, build businesses and stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's my bet, right? That's why I, I, I think TikTok's great. And a lot of our clients use it. I would just rather they focused all of their time on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, that's been what, I mean, you guys have seen like what our roster looks like. It's all YouTube creators. Like yeah. we don't mm-hmm. represent really any native TikTok creators. Yeah. You, you know, can't really monetize TikTok. Here's what, here's what I'm thinking. Okay. Here's, here's my thought for the creator. YouTube is a hundred times better. Yeah. But I think if you look at what you get as a company, I think as a company, 
you could be more valuable with just that quick short form content. But as a creator, it's way more valuable mm -hmm. to have the long form yeah. content. So it just depends. And here's what I think too. Imagine instead of like the top 10 creators making 80% of the money, instead it's reversed. It's 80% of the creators make 10% of the money. Mm -hmm. And maybe that business model is gonna be better in the long term. So as a creator, imagine I earn a hundredth but I share that with a bajillion other creators who are all making a hundredth, and we each contribute our little 20 seconds into, you know, every day, 20 mm -hmm. seconds, 20 seconds, 20 seconds, but we share that split among a bigger group. A lot of the creators that I know are transitioning from TikTok to YouTube, and a lot of the YouTube creators that I know are struggling transitioning from YouTube <laughs> it's true. to TikTok. It's true. Because they don't see any point. So I feel like just, <laughs> creator, right, yeah. just send yeah. everyone to YouTube, and the creators are... I mean, that's they're doing so well. But yeah. yeah, I would agree with Jack. It's so hard for me to get into TikTok. I, yeah. I've tried and uh, God, I hate it. I really do. Even <laughs> even with YouTube shorts, everyone has told me to do YouTube shorts. But I'm like, I just I like the long form content. And everyone knows it's good for you, yeah. too. Like I everyone know. knows TikToks are good for creators, but no one wants to transition. Just, yeah. And sh the reason yeah. why you need to do shorts is because it's really good for discoverability. Right. It's like new audience mm -hmm. on YouTube is tough. Like to get, I mean, I know Jimmy's gaining like 2 million subscribers a month, but that's like really tough to get to. The discoverability of YouTube shorts is why you need to be there. Right. You need to look at it as like top of funnel. Right. If I can, if I, and the, the big conversation is actually, do you put it on your main channel or do you create another channel? No, I think it, that's the, the it would conversation. need to be another channel. You th why, why do you say that? Do you think because it would hurt algorithm. your average duration? I, I do. I think it would destroy the algorithm that, uh, I feel like I've, I've spent so much work crafting this algorithm that works for the main channel. And people are accustomed now to three videos a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. They know the time. And throwing in more, I, I personally, like, I look at this where I get upset when I see shorts. I, I don't know why. When I'm in my subscription feed and I see a short, I'm like, that's taking a valuable space that I'm not interested in. Yeah. I don't mind if it's within the shorts section of the app because then I'm looking for it. But otherwise, it's like, you know, you're walking down the street and there's like a big stone in the middle of the way. I'm like, you know, if I want to start, I, I go hiking. Mm. It, it's in my path. So I don't like it. So if yeah. I don't like it, I feel like other people wouldn't appreciate it either. Yeah. I think as a new channel, I don't care. You're, you're exactly right. And yeah. I've, I've spoken to a lot of creators about yeah. this and they'd say the exact same thing. But what I think is coming is you're going to be able to upload a YouTube short to your main channel and you're going to be able to categorize it, whether it's a short or it goes to your like long form video feed. Right. And so when you upload a short to your main channel, it's not going to show up on your video feed. It's just going to get okay. sent directly into shorts. And I think that's when like you and some of these bigger channels can take advantage of it because I totally get it. I don't want to follow someone and then my sub feed, which I actually don't really click on. I just go to home page. Yeah. Um, but then it's just littered with their shorts videos because yeah. they're uploading three I've, a day. I've unsubscribed from those channels. Mm -hmm. and, and it takes a lot for me to unsubscribe. But when I see a channel that I'll watch once a month, but they're posting every day a short. And it's just, it's more for me to sift through every day. And I'm just, yeah. I'm just trying to hone in on the content I really want to see. Yeah. But so it, it if is they working. found a way to do that. Yeah. So a, a good example is Lanky Box, who's a client of ours is they were, and they were big before YouTube shorts. They were doing like 500 million views a month on YouTube shorts. They implemented, or, or just on without YouTube shorts, they implemented YouTube shorts in their main channel and they're now doing 2.5 billion views a month. So it's incredibly valuable from like a new audience growth yeah. perspective. Um, and they've gained like 1.5 million See, subscribers last month, but it clogs up their feed because they're posting three shorts a day. So I'm, I'm curious two things. One, what does the revenue look like on that, on a short? Mm -hmm. 
right now YouTube has a shorts fund. And so you basically cash in a shorts fund. You go into your, your uh, dashboard and then YouTube's paying people out um, to create shorts basically. So there's no like CPM model yet. And I, I don't know if we'll, we'll get there in the next year. I think YouTube's got to figure out like, okay, yeah. how are we, are we, how are we running ads on YouTube shorts for the, each individual creator? Not like how Snapchat does it, where they're like running ads in between each clip. Yeah. Right. So then you you really don't know how to like which creator are you paying. Yeah. The other question I had: What is the conversion between the type of person who wants to watch a short versus the long form content? Because mm -hmm. if it is a funnel, I would say just throwing out numbers here: maybe eighty five, ninety percent of the people who subscribe for shorts are not necessarily interested in watching a 15 minute video. They just want more shorts. Mm -hmm. So it seems like you're, you're building out two divisive audiences that each want something different. Yeah, that's the big question. And that's the question the YouTube channels that are just creating shorts are gonna have to, to answer and figure out is if I'm building an audience that's just here for YouTube shorts. And so I've seen YouTubers and I'm sure you have now, they're doing like 500 million views a month just doing shorts, right? The big question is like, how do you create long form content on that channel? And when you do upload a video that's like eight minutes long, is anyone gonna watch it? Or are they just there for shorts? And it's a battle that a lot of creators are fighting right now because they're not making any money. You pull 500 million views a month, you don't really make any money. So you wanna upload long form videos so you can actually run ads. Yeah. And a lot of these channels are really struggling. They'll pull, they'll do like a million views per short and then they'll upload an eight minute video that'll get 20K views. Yeah. And so that's that's the question is like, how do you, if you're, if you're bringing in this audience, are they converting to watch your long form videos or are they just there for your shorts? I have a couple of questions. Like, why, first off, why doesn't Jimmy start a podcast? And second off, <laughs> do you believe that <laughs> a creator can overexpose themselves on social media and that they could put out so much content that people aren't as excited for when they do post? For example, for me with David Dobrik, he posts once a week, or mm. Michael Reeves, or iDubs. They post so rarely. iDubs. Yeah, but when they do <laughs> post, it's like, it's so exciting because you haven't seen them in such a long time and you are yeah. just that thrilled to watch their content. But someone else who like, for example, we put out, I don't even know, like nine videos, nine a, videos week. a week. It's like, do our, the people that consume our content, are they less excited to watch our content? Does it overall like negatively affect our video or our performance? Is there like a curve to this? I mean, would you watch, if David Dobrik uploaded three vlogs a week, would you watch all three? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> That's it. You're right. I mean, if, my, da if David uploaded yeah, a vlog, I mean, if, if David yes. Dobrik uploaded a vlog a day, like I would watch his four minute vlog every single day. Do you watch, his, do you watch his content? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, he's great, right? So it's That's true. Uh, and, and let's just look at another example. So like Gary Vee, I think is a good example of sure. like just yeah. content spam. It's everywhere. And he's done a really good job of building his brand. Like but, everyone knows who Gary is, but how like Gary posts a lot. But, but here's the thing. Gary is an example where I feel like he did too much. And he was, again, mm. I, I hit I like Gary's content, but I, he was one of the first subbed. people I unsubscribed yeah. from because he posted so much. And sometimes it's like two to three times a day. Meet Kevin is the only one mm -hmm. where uh, he'll post like three times a day. And I watch all of them. I watch like 90% of his videos, but it's yeah. like a business update. So I'm but, interested. But you're also not Gary's like fan base, right? Like he, you're, you don't need his motivation. You don't, you don't need that stuff. Right? right. But I feel like his view to subscriber ratio is not that good. Some no. of his videos will get like 19,000, 20,000 views and he's got like 3 million subscribers. Do yeah. you think that it could be just because his quality is suffering by like, you know, what, just I think putting it's, out it's, so much I think content. it's too similar. That, that's the only thing. I, you think, I think so? It's very similar content every day. Whereas David Dobrik, if he was able to do three times a week, it would be so unique. He did. 
in the past. He did. He used to yeah. upload three times a week. Wow. Yeah. And they were still very good yeah. vlogs. Right. Um, yeah. But he, again, he's like, it's very difficult for yeah. me to get three good vlogs a week. I mean, Jimmy only uploads two a month, mm-hmm. right? We would love to upload didn't eight used videos to, Didn't he used to upload once a week? We did. I mean, it's like, it's, it's been like a giant roller coaster yeah. of trying to upload once a week. It's just the videos have gotten so out of control that it's hard to film like uh, what was the latest video we let's just take like uh, FBI, spending 50 hours yeah. buried alive right? right it's hard for jimmy to like prep for that video get buried alive for 50 hours come yeah, out come of that out. coffin that's 10 feet underground yeah and then film another video two days later yeah so it's like when when these videos start to get this crazy it's really tough to consistently film every week uh do you ever feel like he's taken it too much to an extreme in the sense that like every video he has to find a way to top it like i feel like he can't go down from this it's like you're you're at the top you have to keep building higher yeah is is there ever a point where you feel like how crazy like at what point do we realize like we we can't top this yeah i mean i've seen the you know, videos, ideas that he has down going forward. Yeah. You know, this, and they're crazier than they are now. So at least can for you, the next couple of years, like I don't see the videos going down. Can at you all. give us a few oh, ideas of kill, kill me? Yeah, really? No way. Okay. Um, they, Cause they have to hit, they have to hit YouTube and you guys have to be like, Holy cow. How did this video happen? Sure. Right. I think there's one of those videos coming up next month. You're going to be like, I, again, like, I don't know how Jimmy did this. And he talks about it on Logan Paul's podcast, actually. Cause we, we he filmed it a couple days ago. Yeah. Um, he's actually spending, when's this come out? This will be a week from today. About a week. Yeah. I don't know if I can talk about it. Well, you'll see it when it comes out. Um, okay. so I'm not sure when Logan's podcast is coming out. Um, but when you see the video title, you're going to be like, I don't understand how he pulled this off. Like, why would he even put himself through this yeah. suffering at this point in his life? Um, and I, again, I've seen all I've seen a lot of the video ideas like it gets bigger. Yeah. Everything's getting bigger. Now, I've noticed he's expanded and really brought on a team on his channel. Was that strategic? Because it's gone mm. from really just him to now he's got, you know, Carl and he's got everyone else in the group. Yeah, he's always, you know, when I met him, it was him in yeah. front of a computer donating to Twitch streamers. But Chris was always there. Yeah. And so we've just expanded the talent a little bit. And it's been more of like uh, making it a crew of people that like some people show up to watch Carl. Some people show up for Chandler. And it's like the dynamic between all those guys. Yeah. And then also a lot of our videos are challenges that involve a lot of people like hide and seek, for example. We need like eight people to play hide and seek. Right. And so you have to have those crew of characters in your videos. And so it's taken a long time to find people. And to be honest, a lot of them had different jobs at his production company, like internally. And then they've been like, hey, this guy's actually really funny. Like, let's try him out in a video. And then they turn into Carl Jacobs. Right. So uh, it's just like we're continually looking for talented people to be on the channel. Got it. Now, but but is that strategic in the sense that like if Jimmy wants to step back, He's still got a team of people who have an audience who could continue moving the whole brand forward. Yeah, I don't I don't think he'll ever not be the main talent on the channel. OK, I think that's a conversation that, you know, a lot of YouTubers are going to have to have like Dude Perfect. Like what happens when Dude Perfect no longer wants to be in the, in the videos? Right. I don't know. Uh, Jimmy, I think, is like five to seven years away from that decision. Mm-hmm. But he'll always be like the guy, the number one guy, like the the reason people come. And then we have all these other like funny characters in his like ecosystem of that video. Got it. I want to ask you a question about our vlog. Mm-hmm. We have a vlog called The Sta Family down below in the description. We have been, I don't want to say struggling, but uh, <laughs> struggling. 
We've been struggling. struggling. Yeah, I would say struggling. It's uh, we got off to I think a, a a false start that gave us a lot more confidence. The first vlog we posted got like a hundred thousand views, just like right off the bat. The second vlog we posted a hundred thousand views, and we're trying to find out how to how to do this in a way that's sustainable. And we've gone back and forth. You know, right now we're posting an eight to ten minute video once a week. Okay, but I was thinking once a week isn't enough, so we need to do twice a week. So then my idea was let's post shorter videos, like four to five minutes, twice a week, and just spread it out, you know, midweek. But then the average view duration goes down significantly, and we're noticing less views on a shorter video than a longer video. Uh, but then we're also struggling with where do we find the time to do stuff for the channel. Jack and Alex want to do content that I think is, uh, I'll say, is immature, like uh, putting a whole bunch of rubber duckies whoa, in the pool. Whoa, whoa. Putting yeah, a whole bunch of rubber that. duckies in the pool. I mean, I'm they're, like, yeah. they're trying to pull views, though, right? Yeah. Like, people want to see that. My the, thought, but that's not sustainable. My, yes, my it thought is. was yes, it is. We, we have an it's only sustainable enough. if you start making enough money in your eyes, right? It's like if the brand, can, if this the family can start making enough money where it makes sense to do that kind of stuff, then it's sustainable to you. But just because it isn't making money right now doesn't mean that it's not sustainable. And, and also, yeah. let me ask you a question. How long yeah. did it take you to get a million subscribers, right? Was it like five years? Uh, no, no, two, two to three years, two and a half years. Okay, well, anyway, that's a yeah. long period of time, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like, I think everyone now thinks that they can just launch a new YouTube <laughs> channel and it's gonna be successful. It takes time to like build in, because you're really building a new audience for that channel. Because I, I would imagine a lot of people that watch your your, cha- your actual channel don't go to that side channel to watch you guys fill rubber ducks or watch a you fill a pool with rubber ducks, right? They won't learn about stock market, real estate. Um, at least me, like I watch your channel. I don't know if I'd watch the to family if it was like for, you know, 12 year olds, if depending on what you guys see, but I don't know if that's the audience I want. Like mm. I thought a vlog about like the behind the scenes of, if both running the channel, the dynamic between all of us here at the house, doing some fun stuff here and there. And that's like the first few vlogs were my favorites because they were like Jack and I trying to do a thumbnail and it's me on top of the roof of the Ford GT, trying not to break the car while there's a drone hovering above, and I'm trying to like, like that for a thumbnail and like stuff like that. But I don't know if I want to film yeah, rubber duckies. People are like, gonna get bored. The, the thing of is, that. if you if you film our everyday life and stuff like that, and the behind the scenes of Graham's main channel content creation, we are section like we're. There's Basically, so much of that though on YouTube, like yeah. behind the scenes, and like of videos yeah. and stuff. There's just it's, there's so many channels like that, and we're only pulling from our audience Correct. of your that's, channel. That's and true. and the reason I feel like the best reason why we should have <clears throat> created a vlog is so we can diversify our content to go to a whole different audience. Because right now we are in the personal finance niche, you know, and I feel like it is important to try to break free of that so we can be a little more diverse on YouTube. Why, why do you guys cons. want to break free from that? Because you're, like, you're it. Like, you're the biggest channel in that vertical. Yeah. My thinking is, how long could I be in front of the camera three times a week making videos in finance? As long as I can is the answer. But at, at a certain point, I know there's, there's just going to be something where it's like, I want to try something new. And, and I think uh, if I could build up a vlog channel big enough, then I could start doing some other stuff that I've wanted to do, like traveling. And then I could vlog the entire thing, turn it into uh, you know travel, uh, van life, stuff like that. Van, Graham Stephan van life. Yeah, van life, I think it would Let's be really go. cool. Yeah, that'd be great. See, uh, I'd watch that. Yeah. So why, why isn't that the channel? The van life? Yeah. Well, we can't do that yet. Not yet. Right. So my thought was that like by the time I want to start scaling back in the main channel, instead of maybe three a week, I'm going down to like one a week or something like that. 
going and, and traveling, doing other stuff, but then the vlog channel is going to be big enough where we could start transitioning over to that. Did you ever think that if you potentially build up the vlog channel in that way by putting rubber duckies in the pool <laughs> and then you all of a sudden switch it up and you're like, well, guys, we're transient people and we're going to be traveling <laughs> now. You think that that would have an impact on views? Like, because what if you build it up to millions of subs? Yeah, but that's why I don't want to do rubber duckies, because I, I want this to be a, mat- a mature audience <laughs> who could appreciate travel. So and then start life. traveling now and start your travel channel. No, if that's what like, you want. I also I I'm not ready to step back on that. Yet. I also yeah. think you could upload less and you'd pull more views per video or you'd pull the same amount of views per month by uploading one video less. I don't disagree I think with that's that. That's an interesting one video less a month or a week, a week. I, I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, I've, I listen, I've, I've had this conversation with so many creators that were that used to do like five videos a week and they've now scaled back to two to three and they actually pull more views per month than they did when they were up five. I've noticed three seems like the sweet spot. And I'll tell you, there's a few other channels in the finance space that uh, have uploaded three and gotten out of two and you see the views half. But you just need to make better videos they so, make great so if, videos but if you're but if you're filming less videos per week then those two videos you post per week have to be exponentially better because you're only posting two that's I, how you have to think about. i it. don't know if those videos could be exponentially better because i feel like the three i do uh maybe with the exception of maybe like one every other week is like kind of just i'm trying to rush it out mm-hmm. but most of them i put everything i have into those videos so i'd like in my mind i don't know how i could possibly make those videos any better yeah, I'll be honest. But if you add more time to think about those two videos because you didn't have to worry about a third, do you think uh, it would change? No, because sometimes I have to get those videos out so fast. Like I'll tell Jack the day before I'm like, there's a topic that if this happens, I got to get this video out. So I'll plan the whole video out ahead of time just in case that thing happens. I have a whole outline that I'll wake up early, film, edit, get it out the same day. Yeah. Well, I mean, back to the vlog yeah. channel, I, I don't know. Um, if you want the same audience on your regular channel as the vlog channel, I just think you guys need to think a little bit more about, like, what does a 35-year-old want to watch on a second channel? I, I think with the vlog channel, it would make sense to post a little bit less because a lot of the times we don't go out of our way so much to create great content. And because of that, you just see a slow decline on views. Like, although subscriber glo- growth is, like, it's continuing to grow, it I mean, slower, granted, uh, the views are, are continually continuing to, to decline because the, the content, we are just not putting as much thought into it. That's it's as simple right. as that. Like, so what's your recommendation? Because my thought is we need a schedule and I like having that schedule where like every Tuesday at 10 AM, we, we post a vlog, no matter yeah. what we could just say, when we get enough content, we'll post yes. a vlog. Yeah. Are we talking about the new channel? The, yes, the vlog. Ska family. Yeah. The family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ska family. The Scafuffle family. <laughs> yeah, first of all, we need a new name. We need a name change on the You don't channel. like the Ska family? It's fine. It's fine. No, no, honestly, we, I, listen, if you didn't like it, I would be <laughs> yeah, no, I would, would seriously change it. change it right now. I would want. seriously I mean, be open to changing it. It I, definitely doesn't say, hey, Graham Stephan's in this channel, right? Like, I would never see that and be like, oh, that's, you know. I Graham. thought Graham Stephan, Steph. Family. Yeah, that's like that. Was, <laughs> oh, dad. Did you not get that? That was a big miss. I think we got to rename the channel. But anyway, that's okay. A, you know what? I'm I'm good with that. I'm good. I'm so honestly, Graham I'm, Stephan vlogs. 
I got I got to think about it. I can't throw throw like something out here and then you guys rename it. I'm like I absolutely yeah. hate that. But, <laughs> but uh, let's be clear, you do not like the name the Stefan. I, I absolutely do not like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That works for us. Okay, yeah. okay. You, okay. Listen, that's enough for me. If yeah. you guys would have said, "Hey, there's this channel called the Stefamily. What do you think that they make?" And I'd be like, "It's probably some family like the Ace family <laughs> that like makes like cringy like family videos." That was the initial yeah. idea was okay. to like kind of like joke on that those types of channels and that's why we called it this the family huh. <laughs> but see i guess no i never i didn't even know that what no, that's <laughs> what, what i thought this whole no. time I, dude that i was being serious dude, in the first vlog we we're like welcome back to the Stefamily. family because i and thought because i thought that, we were making that i was making fun that's because i always intro like welcome back to the Stefamily. family like that's always yeah. But that, that's the joke. But the name itself, I was serious with the name. <laughs> oh. All right, well, we got we got some creative differences. We got to settle. Thank you. I'm glad. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm good. Yeah, we yeah, settle yeah. this. If, yeah. if we get anything today, let's change the name of the, sure. the, the vlog. Channel. Yeah. But the more important thing is the content. <laughs> yeah. um, what, what was the question? You wanted to know if like he uploaded less, you guys could do more to, or you said that you guys are pulling less views now, Correct. still uploading three videos a week. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. I know no, why. No, 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 but no, no. Graham, no, the vlog channel is once a week. Yeah. We we did twice a week, but with shorter videos and we noticed no difference in views yeah uh no difference in ad revenue uh watch time went down significantly so it, it yeah. when you guys make switches like this it takes time right like you can't like give it a week or two that's, weeks yeah, and be like, that's, it's, that's, it's not a big true. enough use that is case true. to be like hey did this work or not that's true you have to commit to it you have to be like we're gonna do this and we're gonna commit to it for four months and at the end of four months like let's see what happens because <sighs> What usually happens is like a content creator will make a pivot for a week and they'll be like, oh, my views dropped. And then they'll go back to doing the same thing where I've seen a lot of our clients like do that. And then I've convinced them to be like, just give it like two to three months. And they've seen the same decline. And then all of a sudden the re it's shot up. Right. And but they don't give it enough time yeah. to see if that change actually makes a difference. Interesting. OK. See, my I guess the, the hard part for me is that. Uh, like I, I feel like I, I could only allocate so much time to everything, and like the main channel is my priority. That yep. that comes over everything. Like that's the bread and butter. I'm I'm not sacrificing anything on that. So the main channel is it. Right after I'm done with the main channel, my second priority the second channel. So no matter what, it's then it's the second channel. After that, then it's the podcast. This get this out of the way. This is fine. Uh, I would say the lowest thing on the totem pole is probably the the vlog channel, just because. There's so many other things I can't yeah. dedicate to the, the time because otherwise it, it literally will take away from something else. Yeah. Well, you upload a video. So you upload three times a week at the same time, same day. Main channel. Well, you upload a video that like you're just like, eh, it's not very good, yep. but we still got to upload. Yes. Yep. But but I make everything good enough where at least I would be happy to post it. Yeah. I, I've never posted a video where like, I hate this video. It sucks. I don't want to post it. I'm just going to post it anyway. Every video is like, it's not my favorite. It's a boring topic to me, but sometimes those are the ones that do the best. Side hustles, side hustles and passive income. Those are the videos for me. I hate them. I hate making those videos, but they do the best. People love them. It's yep. the best like ratio. They get the most views. Almost every passive income video gets over a million views, but I hate making them, mm -hmm. but people love it. 
Yeah, I can so, see how that would be really popular yeah. on your channel. Oh yeah, but it's the same stuff. Mm -hmm. So, but but sometimes like every video will reach a new audience. So to my current audience will be like, ah, oh, it's a passive income, whatever. But every new video is just like, oh, here's this audience over here who needs a new video posted in the last week on passive income. This is what we're going to recommend to that group of people. Yeah. So they all reach a completely new audience. I think like you're in such a unique position because the YouTube audience that like me that has been watching now for seven, eight years is, is older. Yeah. And now a lot of the, my cousins that were nine years old that started with dude perfect are now 17 yeah. and they're like on their way. They're like, they watch Mr. Beast, but when they become 25, they're going to find your channel. Yeah. And so as the YouTube audience gets older and older and older, your audience is just going to continue to go up. Yeah. So I think it's just like doubling down on making the best videos possible for the main channel. Um, and the like Ska family channel. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. I need to watch yeah. the videos. Um, it seems like a cool like side project. Yeah. I just think you guys need to figure out what the hell the content is. Yeah. You know what? I mean, after, after talking, I would be okay. First of all, changing the name. I'd be good with that. Yeah. And then maybe we just vlog stuff. And when we post a vlog, it's special. And that's what it is. Yes. I agree with that. That's right. what Alex and I have been talking really? about. Really? Okay. Yeah, and that's what we've been trying to I, mention see, to you. I am such it's a like, I am such a stickler for a schedule. I because like the second channel, every all the channel we have such a strict schedule. We're like down to the minute mm -hmm. every video for mm -hmm. years. So to do something where it's like you just posting on a whim, it's weird for me. I I despise more than anything posting bad content or content I myself would not like to watch. And sometimes when we put out those to family videos, it's like. <laughs> I'm just thinking to myself, like, see now you I'm get it. You're like, oh, you know, you know, no, no, it's not that. No, it's the you said this to family, and now, now I can't get this out of my mind. The Scuff family. Maybe you should rename it to Scuff family. Yeah, the Scuff that might be family. Better. The Scuffed Gosh. family. That's well, you know what? Honestly, it takes a huge load off my mind mentally, but not worrying about that vlog. Seriously, <laughs> I've because every time we're like, but you out also of town need to put in more effort or, in it. It's like the amount of effort. It's like. Maybe I'm not you, thrilled on it. Maybe I tried it. And it was fun when I when it was just like behind the scenes stuff where it was just like I felt it was natural. I enjoyed it. But when I'm putting effort into something, it's taken away from other stuff. Maybe it's I guess we have a different idea. It's like I enjoy filming stuff for this to family. Like if we go and we do something silly or stupid or fun. But then we can that, film it organically. Yeah, but with this to family, it gives us a reason to go and do those things. But if we, do, if we don't have that, we won't go out of our way to like do fun things. What do you think? Be a beer, beer moderator. Here. No, I, th I think yeah. that I, I love you guys having more channels. I think I just need to understand like what the videos are. Like when you say experiences, like are you guys going to certain places to experience or like because the rubber ducky example is like we're just filling the pool with rubber ducks and then I, it's like a prank video, right? Right. Yeah. So like what's going what's, out of our way to do like big, bigger things mm -hmm. uh, that are fun and exciting for the reason of filming it, you know, like. I've also had a few ideas. Alex, your chair, by the way, is making a sound. No, that's not my chair. I guarantee you. It is. I thought, it? It, I thought a duck was flying overhead. Yeah. No, <laughs> I swear that's not the chair. Run, run back. Run back. See, this is. I this swear is it's not. I would concept. hear it. I <laughs> would hear it. It's, it's not the this chair. This is what I wanted. The yeah. family. Like, anyway. Just stuff like this. Another thing that I struggle, and maybe this is just me, like, I feel like we also need like at least a little bit of a budget. Graham doesn't let me spend any money on this. The family <laughs> shocker. Like yeah. I wanted to. I can't believe that. Yeah, like I like like we I tried to get him to play poker the other night, and he was like, I did. I don't know. 
Well, because I, I knew know. I was throwing my money away. I knew yeah. that. And I gave it to Jimmy. He took all my money. Did he really? Yeah, he did. Oh, you, I went because he bluffed. Yeah, his strategy, by the way, before we go into this, his strategy is bluffing sixty percent. That, that was, was it. That was you heard care. that, right? I did not move. But you heard <laughs> that? I heard it. I heard it. <laughs> yeah. I swear it's not. It oh. sounded like you came from that side yeah, of the room. Yeah, I did. Look. Are you stepping on Ramsey? Like, what is no. the... Oh, I, could it be the table? Move the table? Okay. That's it. Oh. Is the mic... Is, is the, Are the, the mics table? picking it's up? Yeah, it's the table. It's the table. Oh, it's the... But it was you. <laughs> anyway, all right. Anyway, anyway, so you don't have a budget so, for the channel. Yeah. yeah. So the whole rubber ducky idea came about because the whole video concept was I filled my boss's pool with rubber duckies, and I didn't want to tell him what it was. So I was like, Graham, can you trust me on this? Can you give me a few hundred bucks to like, no, Matt, like you know, buy, buy some? No, it was not a thousand. And he, you know, he doesn't want to give me any sort of budget. Not even you know a few hundred bucks. You know, I'm not going to, like, spend the whole... Do you want me to give you the hundred bucks? Like, how much money do you need? Probably about 700, right? Yeah, I was like, I was like... <laughs> See, it went yeah. from a few hundred to a 700. I was like, whoa, like a few hundred to 700. No, it was like, I estimated it to be, like, no more than 500 bucks. Is, is the video going to do well? Like what, we haven't what, what tried well, now content like, because he, outside of porn rubber well, duckies. No, it was cool. like surprising my boss, like with oh, a, something like that. So it, ideally, it would be a surprise. We have other surprises we want to do, but it does require funding, <laughs> and we just know for a fact. That <laughs> yeah, we, we're going to need to put aside a budget for this channel if we're doing. Yeah, this but do yeah. but do you like the idea? I mean, it sounds fine. To my you, only worry yeah, is yeah. like. You're building a new, from my perspective, you're building a new audience because I don't think your fans will watch this channel. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. It's like, yeah. let's just take the Jimmy example, right? Main channel starts a gaming channel. We're like, organic, his fans are going to watch them play Minecraft, mm -hmm. Roblox, Fortnite, whatever. Does a Reacts channel. We're like, we're confident his fans are going to watch the Reacts channel. Um, so, we're like re monetizing his, the same fans over multiple channels. And yes, there's a new fans for certain channels. But for the most part, he was confident that, hey, all my fans are going to watch my videos on these four to five channels, right? Where it's like my my like uh, concern is your main channel is all about like, let's just say financial literacy. And now you're doing like this like prank pseudo family, the boys channel. I don't think there's a crossover. I agree with that. But there, I don't think that there is a way we can orient this to family into being like... Well, you just got to pivot the content. It needs to be a different channel what then would, that has an overlap. What would you recommend? Because I agree with you. The second uh, channel, I was confident people would see me react to finance content. The podcast, 100% was confident people would want to see an hour-long video, would watch it. Everything. This to family is the only one where I felt they would... A smaller portion would want to see the behind the scenes, but... yeah. I mean, we, you just have to figure out another content vertical that appeals to an older audience, right? Like, I think in my mind, it's like cooking appeals to an older fan base, travel, uh, th things like that. So I think it's just you have to think about what's and I don't know what your average fan is. I'm guessing 30, right? I would say probably 18 on the low end of 3,500. Okay. Yeah. So what do 18 to 35 year olds watch? I don't Not the Ace family. You know what? It, it, it probably honestly is van life travel. Really, living. I, think I love it's honestly, I love that idea. But. I think it's living vicariously. I think you know what it is. It's doing all the things that you wish you could and, you could do. And you can all in those videos. You can also talk about the budget, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, how much money do we spend on this? Like, how do we keep like these costs low? So I think there's a little bit of overlap between the two channels on the the budget of like traveling and having unique yeah. experiments or experiences yeah. on a low budget. You know, it would be a good one. Like uh, staying in Shelby Church's new um, uh, Airbnb. 
Yes, the, Palm Springs. You could do like the five things you can do for less than a thousand. The five experiments experiences you can have for less than five thousand dollars. Stuff like that. Yeah, I like I like that. I like that. And then you or guys like, can do your that's funny a good idea. Stuff, or yeah, right. Because you can do an experience where you're going to the world's largest, uh, I don't know, string of cheese. That's like 200 bucks to get in, right? So you could do like <laughs> yeah. stupid experience. Like, cause you, so yeah. it could be a humorous channel, uh-huh. but that's it also out of the ties budget. back into like uh, spending money. And <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, 200 bucks that's is out of the budget, though. The ones that did take off in the beginning <laughs> were <crazy>. like <laughs> were, <laughs> were like more finance related, like the $40,000 aquarium. Yeah. Like, that, you know, buying a new car, like the finance. That was on the Ska family? Yeah. Oh, I need to see the channel first. So, okay. but let me look at it. But I think that should be the channel. I, I honestly, I like that. And then we could spend money on experiences like uh, like buying a $50 hamburger or something like that. Like trying, to, I, I, do you like that idea? Or like, uh, the world, yeah, the world's yeah. cheapest hamburgers or the world's, uh, yeah, I, I, listen, I, yeah. you could probably put a hundred ideas down now that you kind of have a framework for the channel. But just again, you want it to appeal to the fan base that you already have, right? At least at the beginning, because you guys are like, we want to pull views we're only doing 50k views a video it's because nobody that you know watches your other videos right. cares yeah hmm. i like that honestly yeah, this, that's, is, that's really this is so insightful yeah yeah and and for that would you recommend sticking to a schedule and doing that or would you recommend be honest or uh just when we have time we'll post a good episode i would rather be, you guys start like that and okay. be like when we post it's going to be an amazing video okay not like hey let's force out two videos a week right deal but, Jack, okay. Let's yes. just let, just real quick, just thank you, yeah. thank you. I gotta yeah. say, this has given me this last like fifteen minute more clarity on that that channel because that channel has yeah. uh, of my stress level, I would say that channel is up there with the main channel. Believe it or really? not, really? Why? Think, because I have to think about like fitting it in. Where can I fit it in? What what do but I you have don't to take fit it in? <laughs> you don't spend any time anyway. Because I think about because it, it takes up my mental capacity. Yeah. Also, like, you guys are in Vegas. Like yeah. we're in Las Vegas right now. You know how many videos you can film, like experiment, like experience videos for like certain amounts of money or expensive. Yeah. I know you're we're gonna like need what? a budget. Like what? For some like expensive. Give us some like the helicopter. Like there's a hundred helicopters yeah. flying around Vegas last mm-hmm. night. That's a really unique experience experience for under well, I don't know it's not seven hundred dollars five hundred dollars if you want it I owe them a helicopter five hundred dollars yeah so it's yeah. like those things you guys need to take advantage of and then you get to be the boys can go on the helicopter you're filming the video people know how much money it is yeah you know that stuff I like it I That's gotta say smart. I like it that uh, wow okay so. What what else is your advice for us or for me or for the <laughs> do you channel? Have a general yeah. advice, for yeah, the just general life advice uh, or like general uh, life. What advice. do you, what do you How think? Old are you? Would, uh, I'm 32. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, you're you're older than I thought you were. There we go. That's yeah. All right. Yeah. You know what? You could pass anywhere from like 26. But, the, but here's that's the thing. what people always tell me. Though. You yeah. you look you look younger, but you act yeah. older. I'm a millennial. Yeah. But like I I'm like at heart I'm a Gen Z. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a Zoomer. Yeah. Yeah, you could look yeah. like you could honestly pass for like you just turned twenty one. Yeah, but I think it's like it's yeah. it's how I dress, it's how yeah. I talk, it's right. like what I work in. Like I t- I totally get it. Yeah, so, that's yeah. good. Yeah, that's compl- yeah, compliment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But general yeah. advice, like I, yeah. I don't know. I think hopefully like my conversation that we just had about this whole side channel helps. Um, I think if I if I was you, I would be doubling down on making the best videos possible for the main, main channel, channel because you're. I'm telling you, in the next three years, you're gonna find a lot of new fans. Okay. People just aging up to your content and you have to be the guy. You have to be the financial literacy guy, whether it's crypto, real estate, 
investing, whatever, you have to be the guy in that space. Got it. And so when people age up and they're like, Hey, I'm 25. I now like didn't learn anything in college. I don't know how to invest my money. I don't know what to do in real estate. They shouldn't even look, they shouldn't even think of any other YouTuber. It should just be Alex Graham Stephan. And if I'm getting to the point where I'm like, not burnt out, but getting mm-hmm. overwhelmed with three a week or oh, just like, yeah, take then, it down. then it's yeah. just t- go to two a week. Yeah. Okay. Take it down. I mean, yes. Would Jimmy pull more views per month if he uploaded six videos as opposed to three? Yes. But he's still averaging 60 million views per video, right? So the mm-hmm. bar is still incredibly high. So um, you're saying that I would still, av- most likely, still average the same amount of views, but I would just well, be... Well, and I also think per video, the, the, yeah. the, the question is like, um, at, at some point, do the view, does it matter if you're pulling 25 million views a month or 40 million views a month? Like in the grand, in the, in the whole like grand scheme of yeah. like money, does it actually matter? Mm-hmm. Like is, is your personal like happiness and mental health more important than an extra X amount of money yeah, per month? Right. right. Because again, I think, I don't even think the 10 to 15 million views per month matters. I think you're so uniquely positioned to win in this space on YouTube that now it's just continuing to like make good videos and you not burning out. Got it. I guess for me, my biggest, I know we're kind of going off a little bit. My, my biggest fear is that, uh, I, I need that sort of schedule. And I know as soon as I scale back, I can't ramp back up. It seems like you have a lot going on. You have, now you have you know, the family and you have all these like channels and side projects. You yeah. still invest in real estate. Right. You, you gotta like have a prioritization list. And then the bigger question is like, when you make that list is like, is, are these two things at the bottom important enough for me to put any time into, Mm -hmm. or should we just kill them? Yeah. Right. Because like your mental health is the most important thing. And especially that the main channel is the the priority. It is. Um, then, you know, a lot of the work's just going to continuing the main channel at the highest level without you taking a hit on your mental health. Okay. Yeah. I think the Ska family, unless I think we just post, if we have a good concept, a good video, we should, we should probably try to post twice a month on that sure yeah i agree with it just a good video for fun Mm -hmm. but uh all right alex you good with that it frees up alex's time now uh yeah but have you doing some other stuff it has to be like a great video yeah i agree agree. go to pawn stars and talk to them about their business and like i don't know i i would just have to think about it a little bit but Mm -hmm. you guys are in vegas like anything's possible all right Thank you so much for cool. coming. Thank you, Reed. Thanks for having me. It was great so, meeting you. Thanks for yeah. me. I feel like this. we had a good like business meet. Like I feel like I, I feel a little hype now. It's like Yeah, that's me too. My job. Honestly. Yeah. That's why yeah. I'm, I'm a professional hype man in, yeah. in the business management YouTuber space. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. Oh, and then I also I gotta give you some bankroll coffee before yes. do you have yes. room in your bag? I ordered a so we did the podcast yeah. and I ordered a bunch and it came into the Dallas office, but I'd already moved no. to Austin. I was like hoping that I would catch it on the day that it mm-hmm. came in, but now my employees just absolutely destroyed it. So oh, it's all okay. gone. I'll give you um, more bags. I'd love yeah. to take some. Yeah, yeah. So. Congrats on that as well. YouTubers you. creating products like it's Thank just you. we're not even at first base yet. Yeah. So I love it. And we're uh, we're doing one with Kevin. He wants 1337 coffee. So we're releasing that in support of him running as governor. So it's like elite. So uh, that should be for sale. Very actually, by the time this goes up, it's going to be for sale. And then all the profit that we make from that, like basically all the proceeds go to support his cause. Nice. OK, so, yeah, I'm into it. So cool. thanks, guys. Appreciate Thank it. You Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, so, Reed, we'll put all of your information down below in the cool. description where you could also get your free stock that's now worth all the way up to a thousand dollars. When you sign up for public, all you got to use, all you got to do is use the code Graham. That's it. Enjoy the free stock. Thank you so much. Thanks, really guys. appreciate thanks for it. Having me. Mm-hmm. OK, till next time. Welcome back to the Ice Coffee Hour. My name is Reed and whatever you want to say. Okay.